This episode of Landmine Radio is sponsored by Dittman Research. Do you know what the most valuable thing in the world is? High-quality information. Because high-quality information informs much better decision-making. Dittman Research has been providing high-quality information to Alaska's leading businesses, organizations, and campaigns for 50 years. Do you really know what Alaskans think about your company or your issue? How about your clients, your shareholders, or your employees? So stop fumbling around in the dark. Hire Dittman Research and find out what's really going on. DittmanResearch.com Okay, back here with uh, Rick, who I call Ricky Whitbeck. How you doing? Good, man. It's good to be uh, good to be here. Good to be talking. Power of the future. Power of the future. Absolutely. You're the Alaska guy for what is power? The t- tell the listeners what is power. You guys advocate for energy and yeah. So we're a national nonprofit focused on um, protecting and advancing energy jobs, more specifically in rural America, because those are the places um, where you know bad policy decisions hurt communities the most. Right, you can you can wipe out a coal mine, you can wipe out a power plant, you can wipe out a whatever, and maybe that's the cornerstone industry for a, a small town. We see it in Alaska, right? I mean, if, if oil and gas went away, the North Slope would go back to being a third world country, or could have. Um, and so, you know, we protect jobs and, and look for opportunities to grow jobs across the country. And you've been with them for a few years now. Yeah, January first, nineteen, I started after. Uh, oh, so oh, long. So before the before the COVID. Yeah, before COVID, exactly. Everything I think now, it's like in the past, I Pre- think, was it before COVID or after? Yeah, it used to be AD and BC, right? Now it's, it's, my reference now, now point. it's Now it's BC. So before this, you've worked in like politics and you've done kind of quite a few things over the years. You were actually, I, I telecom, like me. Yeah, 25 uh, years. You were uh, I'm GCI old. and ACS, right? I was 20 plus years at GCI and just short of five at ACS. So I got higher, well, GCI bought the company I was working for in 2015, NBS, and then I ended up over at GCI and kind of commercial. So I was doing the same kind of job you were. Yeah, I did. For- I did small business from the 93 to 94 to 13 and enterprise from 13 and to 23. You, you were there in the hate, the good times, right? That was, the that, ni- was, that was a fun company. I've heard, I've heard small. <laughs> I've heard story. Like a lot of people that were in the commercial sales when I was there were long time, you know, people that have been there a long time and, you heard the stories about kind of the, 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 the fun days. It was, you could be as creative as you want, as long as you stayed within regulatory frameworks. Mm-hmm. And, you know, capital was easy to come by. And It's like everything in Alaska. You, know, you hear about like the 80s and some of the 90s too, but it just, it was, it just seemed so much 70s too. So much sure. more fun. Well, wild, and, it was, and, and it was. West, you know. I think just, I was total employee, less than 500 ever through the door, including customer service. So, you know, because back in the day, I think it was 486 through the door. And so you had an opportunity, Jeff, to really kind of make a, make a name, right? And, and really, um, again, just be creative. And creative is good. And creative made customers happy. And creative made me money and made GCI money and, and kept a lot of people, you know, um, moving forward. And so that, that, was a, that was a really fun, fun career for 20-plus years. And then you went to, afterwards you went to ACS for a bit. I did. Um, yeah, I, I basically got to the point at GCI where I was going where I was. I, I wasn't going to go any higher. They didn't want to take a salesperson out of sales and make him a manager. That's and, a problem with company. Like I've done sales too. When you're when you're good at sales, whether it's a small company, big company, you know, it's really tough they, to move they, into management. They, it's like, well, wait a minute. You know, this this guy's making money. This person's making money. And I've had friends similar. You know, different companies where they're really good at sales and they want to get to that next level. But it's like, well, hey, you're. you're really good at sales. Yeah. Well, I was told once, you know, we'd have to create two of you. And I'm like, well, let me try to create two of me. And they were like, yeah, no, 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 no. That might take some time. And we really like you where you are. And I'm like, okay, well, that's cool. So 
um, after a after a situation where my wife and I lost our son, um, yeah, who, who was born that. and then and passed away at four months, GCI just kind of looked at me a little differently, and I and I just needed to go. And you know, nothing against GCI. I still think Ron Duncan's a genius, and the company is is incredible at what they do. Landman's a big fan of GCI. They, they, they're well, I one know of our they're, kind of they're sponsors. one of your premier sponsors, right? Big and, fan. Of, big shout out to GCI. And uh, by, by the way, I want to ask you about um, this Quintillion cable, <laughs> which I heard about. You know, a few, I got a tip on it early on. I was able to confirm it and that they, this cable got cut somehow got severed under the ice. And now it's affecting a huge part of the slope Yeah, where there's, you know, if, if they don't get Starlink, I mean, they're using like backup, you know, satellite, basically it's not even dial up. Well, unless they get a Starlink up there. Quintillion was such a great plan. So, I mean, so I went over to ACS and actually worked on that project a little bit um, prior to, prior to it going absolutely yeah, were, were you off there, the rails. Were no. you there pre embezzlement or yeah, I was, fraud deal? Uh, so I actually went up and sold those services pre Elizabeth Pierce going. Bonkers. So for the folks listening who don't know, this lady Pierce was in charge, and she um, was basically creating, con- you know, fraudulent, fraudulent contracts. contracts. Yeah, she was basically forging people's names. Got, got in trouble, went to jail. Um, Lots of things happened to the but, project, but, 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 but it the, got built. The, the overall, like, I I started hearing about this about ten years ago, or more than ten years ago, when I was working in a small IT company because one of our clients was at the time Savant which was, you know, they got sold and it was like a company that took over Badami field, a small oil and gas producer. But there was like, right, 2011, there was like a presentation about this, you know, cable from- from It could have been incredible. Japan to London right? for, for, you know, redundancy and then also for like trading. There's a, you know, a bit of a- a, Yeah, the latency would have been incredibly short and incredibly Mm -hmm. small compared to what it is right now by basically circumnavigating the globe. It would have spun off a spur that would basically would have connected- Quintillion and the North Slope and and Alaska to uh, to London and Tokyo at again reduced latencies and and you have to think about this and you know I know we're supposed to be doing energy but this is the fun part of my previous life right when you can save fifteen or twenty milliseconds of latency and you can churn those trades especially London Tokyo places like that you can make millions upon millions of dollars. Well, there's a really hour. good book called Flash Boys by yes. Um, um, Oh man, what's the? He did the Big Short. Why am I blanking yeah, the name? Yeah, I, I am too. But, but it's about this New York, Chicago. These they set up these high these these lines. They were charging huge huge amounts of money for, but it gave them these these high frequency traders millisecond advantages. Yep, exactly, and that's all you want, right? I mean, that's when you're looking to trade those types of of volumes. You need as fast and as efficient as possible. And Quintillion and the and the and the um, you know cross global. Uh, Cable would have given that. So it was a fun time to be at ACS. Um, I left just before the... Michael Lewis. Thank you. I was dri- driving me nuts thinking about that. Yeah, name. no, that... So He I also left, did Moneyball. He did Moneyball, right, about the A's and about Billy Bean and that whole yeah, thing, the right? Oakland, the yeah, baseball, that was, yeah, that was a great, that was a great book, too. Um, but I left right before that all broke with, with Elizabeth and the fraudulent contracts and stuff like that. And, dude, I was so glad I was out of that world. And there was a Russian like or a Ukrainian, maybe? A Russian? I or think it was Russian. I, I think he was, might have been born yeah. in Ukraine, Bl- Blavatnik, okay. I think. So there was, you know, whenever you get the Russians and Ukrainians, you know, you know something weird's probably going on. Well, and again, I mean, you know, that was just such a, it was, again, it was a creative time at ACS. And, um, you know, there was a lot of focus on that project. It was fun to be a, you know, small part of that project as far as just being the, in the BD side, business development side, and, you know, going up and talking to the North Slope Borough and the, and the people in Cots, the people in, in Nome. And that is a, that has been an entrepreneurial and, you know, um, telehealth game changer because you didn't have to worry about 
you know, microwave links, you could just go fiber and. Well, except the only the problem is we see now is there, there's a there, there's a fail, huge there, problem. There, there, there's not there's not a redundancy built into it. Right. So you know you have a single point of failure, and you know I'm still trying to figure it out. But it sounds like the ice is still up there and until you can get below that. We don't have an icebreaker up there. You, right. need to, you need to get have a you need to go ship, down, be able to get down yep, and repair and, the and cable. repair the cable, right? So it could be weeks, if not months, right? So yeah, I wonder what happened. I mean, I've had some people. You know, you see the conspiracy about you know sabotage, but it's if no, there was if there was like a submarine up there, I think somebody would have noticed. Nord Stream One, Jeff. I'm just kidding. I think if there was a sub or something up there, somebody probably would have noticed. You would have noticed. I hope we have, you know, monitors to know where because I was, you know, I was reading about this back in like the 70s and 80s, and like we, we kind of knew where all the subs, but. Now these subs are they're 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 so so advanced. Sometimes we don't know where the the Russians are, you know the subs are. Yeah, I just doubt that they that they. I'm not saying they did that. I'm not, but, yeah, I'm not either. But I'm saying if if somebody were to target the Quintillion, that seems mile, like a weird. I mean, I'd I'd go for one of the Pacific cables. I'd go for a Pacific cable, or I'd go for taps, or I'd go for something that actually like makes, you know, makes a huge impact and not just a baby impact. So, and again, I'm not a conspiracy theorist at all. But that's um. Speaking of Nord Stream, I, I think it was us. Uh, Hundred percent. Why would I mean the, the Russians? They could just turn off the gas. Right. Exactly. They have no incentive to blow the thing up. And nobody in continental Europe wanted it to see it fail because they were all getting gas from it too. Ultimately, right? Yeah. Well, they the second that's the second line. Right. Which, uh, it's it's funny, you know. People can say whatever they want about Trump, and uh, there's a lot of things to say about him. But there's that kind of famous video of him and um, uh, the Norwegian guy with uh, I'm trying to think. There's it was like a, an EU NATO meeting. Have you, have you seen this video? I'm not sure. I've seen that video. It was 2018. And it's um, Stolzenberg and the NATO, from NATO, and there was a big I'm meeting. Sure I've seen this. It was in Europe, and he was basically scolding them about paying for you know U.S. payment for defense, Germany, their their reliance on Russian uh, gas, and, and they were almost kind of laughing at him. I'm, I'm giving you the dumbfounded look right now. You haven't seen this video? No, I'll, I'll send it to you. It's yeah. basically a video where he's saying, "You guys have you know put all your chips in the Russian basket. You're not paying for defense and the blah blah." And it was like. At the time, people saw it and were kind of like, oh, this guy's an idiot. But if you watch it now, it's pretty you're like, yeah. oh, my God. Yeah. Well, Trump, I mean, for all of the things that Trump did that rankled people, the guy's really smart. And he's a, and he was, a, you know, he was a, maybe not the most effective politician. He was great for Alaska. And we could talk about Alaska's energy all, all day long and what Trump did for Alaska. But, um, well, I mean, if you, if you look at, you know, with Russia and Ukraine, I mean, Crimea happened with, when Obama was president. Four years of Trump, nothing happened in the region. No, I mean, not, like, well, there was the ongoing problem that already with Donbass, but that was that, that had already happened. You know, going back to fourteen. But uh, as soon as Biden, and then takes as soon over, as Biden, you know, within <laughs> bam, boom, they move yeah. on. You know, and then there's this whole thing this couple of last this weekend, and I, I follow a lot of it, but I think sure ninety percent of the people talking have no idea what they're talking about about what's going on over there. It's very complicated, and you know, there I see people advocating for this Prigozhin guy, who I mean, the history of Russia. It's like whoever is going to be better is ends up being worse. And this this guy is kind of brutal. Oh, he's he, from what I know about lunatic. the dude, he's he is off. You know, his, this, a, this is the guy. He's one chain off. He's the guy who's going to press. I mean, Putin. Putin. I think at the end of the day is rational. He's not going to press the button. That guy. He's my, pressing my, the button. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So it's just wild seeing all you're these people saying like, "Oh my God, the hero. This guy's a, the hero. He's going to take. He's going to take over." And it's like these people don't have any idea what they're talking about. So this is I will break you. <laughs> Right, I this mean, is like, the Ivan Drago. Yeah, exactly. So, okay, so we kind of got off track there, but so you're doing this telecom, and then you were involved in some politics for a while, ran some campaigns, uh, you know, worked. You had um, this weird, uh, oh my God, Freeman! I forgot about that Zach, guy. You, yeah, you had this. Uh, hold on, what was it called? Don't tell me. Give me what was the first letter? P. 
uh, oh man, PI, Pinnacle. You got it. You, you had this Pinnacle thing that go, goes back to what eighteen, I think. Oh uh, yeah. And you guys were doing campaigns, Republican camp, mostly Republican campaigns, right of center, absolutely. And and that lasted, but then something you guys kind of broke up, and then he was working for like the House for a while, but I haven't seen that guy for years. Yeah, he's back in he's back in Tennessee um, with his kids and his wife. And so you guys were essentially doing like a we were trying kind to be, a, we kind were of a ship to creek, be ship creek for the right. Okay, and, and and I think had boy, choose my words carefully. Had there been a little bit more forethought into the word partnership, uh, we could have made it happen. But we'll just leave it there. Well, I mean, I have somebody who, you know, with Landmine and then I have Political Report and Tudor Road Studio. I mean, I have these businesses where I have partners. You, you need partners you, that you, are... You, you have to... Like, my friend Scott Jensen, my partner Scott Jensen right. and Tudor Road Studio. I mean, this is like, you know, what, you know, and with Landmine Paxson, Scott's part owner Landmine. But, you know, you have these people that you can just trust and I've never had any... But it's rare because I have a lot of friends who have been in business with people they know, family or friends going back a long time. And then as soon as they get in, in business, some, some event happens, some money, whatever. And then, and then things can, you know, get very bad. And it's, it's really hard to find, I think, really people you trust, you can be in business with that you 100% trust. I think when, no matter how much you think you trust people, uh, partnerships and money change dynamics. And we'll just leave it. Oil, oil and vinegar, yeah. It's all good. So you were I'm, doing that, and then... So, so that led to um, going over to work for the Stand for Alaska Vote No on One campaign. I ran their field operations, basically every sign. Bumper that was an 18, whatever. right? That was an 18. And uh, during that campaign, Daniel Turner, the founder and executive director of Power of the Future, my boss. Very high energy. Uh, super high energy. Um, a guy that tells, tells it like it is. Uh, came up and was just doing some exploration into whether or not there would be uh, an opportunity for Power of the Future to launch... In Alaska. And he had launched about a year before. It was just him. It was a one-man show. And he came up and was meeting. He's not from here. He's from East, no, he's from, East Coast, yeah, right? He's, he's born and raised in uh, in New York City. Uh, has been in D.C. for a little bit over 25-ish years, right? And then um, was looking and had people that wanted him to start a, a state chapter up here. I was looking for a job. We just meshed. Um, I loved the mission. I loved the fact that it was a combination of kind of business development, kind of sales um, politics and energy, which really drives Alaska and, and drives, you know, a lot of what we do up here. Um, if it's not for energy jobs, I mean, I, I, you know, Aoga uses the term that there's one quarter of all private sector employment is directly or indirectly tied to the oil and gas industry. That's the Alaska Oil and Gas Association. You've got, um, you know, your, you have your, you have every state job that's dependent on oil, whether it's, you know, from permanent fund revenue and, and good investment decisions or royalties. I mean, every state job, a lot of local jobs, um, everything ties back to oil and gas. And it's always under attack. It's under attack internally from Alaskans that should know better. And it's under attack from the, uh, from the, the eco left in the, in the lower 48 that thinks that Alaska should be a national park well, we, and we never just, be developed. You know, this, this spring, there was this willow thing, which is going, I mean, this is going back decades. They, they found this, you know, Conoco found this big, big field. Yep. You know, there was this permitting and, and, and all these, you know, um, years of trying to get it approved, and then it got to the point where that was approved. Right, Trump, time, Trump, yeah. Trump had approved it, but then it got it got rescinded um, by by the Biden folks, and then, but but there was a big push by Murkowski, Sullivan, and Paltola, and wh- the, the, which, the legislature, which, you know, unanimously, the, the, Alaska, the governor, legislature had a resolution. I think it was unanimous in both houses. Yep. And then there was a delegation that went back there. I think it was like Josiah Pocketok, Neil Foster, Lyman, Hoff, you know, the rural guys went out there. 
and, and then you and, had labor, you know, Joey Merrick and Joel Hall and oh, all those yeah. guys. I mean, all, all basically it was a united front for Willow and ultimately Biden let it go back and get, you know, get reauthorized. The, the, but the, the big question was, was two, trade-off. two pads or three pads. Yeah, and, there was and, there was a big trade-off, right? They went from five pads to three. And in return, Jeff, what what people think is like, oh, a huge win. And it's a win. And we celebrated it at Power of the Future. But it also put 15.8 million onshore and offshore acres in the NPRA and offshore yeah. off limits. So, you know, I, I've, I've written about this a couple of times. Well, but but like, what, which can, I mean, as we see with new administrations, that could, that could, it could change in the future. It could. But I mean, like, still, it, executive decisions and administrative decisions are, are, are first and foremost just that temporary, right? They, they're based on an administ- administration that could change down the road. But they send a message to investors and they send a message to, you know, um, companies that want to do business somewhere that maybe it's not as yeah. stable as what they want. So well, it's, it's a deterrent. Well, I, I was very happy it got approved, but I was honestly 50 50. I mean, there was a point where there was a leak that, that, that member they were going to approve it, but then the, the Biden folks come on and say, wait a minute, we didn't say that. Yeah. You remember that? So it was oh, like, yeah. and, and I, 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 you know, I have to say good on them for, because I, I really felt they had such a, a pull from the far anti kind of development left that, that, and he, you know, I think he said in the campaign, no more drilling, blah, blah, right. you know, and if, but it's like, we have this energy problem. We have, you know, these, so, and he's going to Saudi Arabia talking to MB, you know, MBS about well, but, OPEC. And, but let's and, talk about why we have an energy problem, right? Because on day one of his presidency, he cut off all oil and gas development on fed, federal lands and on federal, uh, in federal waters. He killed Keystone XL. He killed Anwar. He did it because he owed that to, the the radical left and the extremists in the environmental movement that pushed his candidacy along. And so I guess, I, I mean, yes, we have a problem, but remember gas was $2.18 a gallon the day that Biden took office. Gas was prevalent. We had, and we were a net exporter of oil and gas. Now we're about 2 million, million and a half barrels a day. Oh yeah, short. no, I mean, there, there's, I mean, there's, pro- but I mean, part of that's, I mean, the inflationary problems and, the, and, and that, that, that's contributing to this, but I mean, you don't go from two eighteen to today. It's three sixty. No, I mean, there's there's, I mean, there's demand. I mean, there's supply and demand issues as well. And then you have OPEC. You know, they're they're. they're I'm not going to give Biden a pass on this. I'm just not. I mean, it was his. I'm not giving a pass. I'm just saying that yeah, yeah. I, I was surprised that they. I was happy they approved it. Oh, I'm glad but they approved I'm, it. I, w- I was a little bit surprised just because of the the pull that kind of the left has, and and they freaked out. I mean, I remember oh, they the, went the, Apple the social media, the Twitter, the videos, the TikTok. I mean, these people went ape shit. But now it seems like it's. It's kind of people, the one thing now, whatever it is, I mean, it doesn't matter what it is. People get people crazy. People just move on. People they, get crazy. They move, and they on move on in a couple yeah. of days, you know? Yeah. Sometimes it's longer, but I mean, it's like within a week, <laughs> nothing really. Oh, they they still kill Biden over that decision, right? They, I mean, they, they talk about that in a carbon bomb and they they kill Biden over the AKLNG project. But but, 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 but it was but like, I mean, it was like full on. Oh, it was. Carpet bombing for, yes. for the, the, in the days following the announcement. They, you know, it was Dobbs. And the abortion movement for three weeks after after Willow. I mean, like, I think everybody forgot the word abortion for three weeks after Willow on the on the uh-huh. extremist side, right? Because like you're like, oh, abortion, abortion, abortion. What? You approved Willow? You can't do that. It's a you know carbon bomb. Three weeks later, they're like abortion, 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 all over again. So you know, yeah, it, but it kind of took up the oxygen in the in the radical room for a couple weeks. Now let's talk about some of these uh, lunatics here on the Chugach Electric Board. Now, for the, you know, fo- most folks listening, probably in Anchorage, they're Chugach. I mean, anybody after the MLMP acquisition, yeah. I mean, anybody here is Chugach right here. I'm a Chugach right here. Here, my business, you know, my house, whatever. 
there's three gas turbines over there. If you go international by the Chugach, you see those little things sticking in the air. Yep. Those are gas turbines. There's a fourth one that gets powered by the, if that's still the case when I went on the tour many, 10 years ago, and they built, there's a fourth one that gets powered by the, the heat exhaust of the other three. Right. Okay. I mean, it's, it's, it was expensive at the time. It's, it's gas. It's efficient. It's pretty cheap. Now you have this, I mean, I run for the Chugach board 10 years ago. I kind of ran, there was three incumbents up. There was, you know, three, three seats, three incumbents. And it was, I said, fuck this. I'm not going to let them get away with having no competition. I ran, I didn't win. But, but up until then, up until this year, if there's two seats up, there might be four candidates. If right. there's three seats up, there might be four or five. I mean, it's always like a few. There was like three seats. Up. There was nine Thir- or ten. Yeah, well, 13. Well, then some, some didn't even get approved yeah. by the by the uh, nominating committee. But, I mean, there was a lot of seats up. And you had this cadre of folks who were kind of saying, we're going to go renewable, we're going to turn off the gas, which is fucking insane. I mean, I don't know what if they, they want to turn us into like, I mean, we're already having issues now with the gas supply, potentially in five years in Cook Inlet talking about importing, which I hope we don't have to do, but I'm all about renewable. I mean, if you want to do renewable, that's great, but you can't just turn the fucking switch and say, we're not going to do gas. So, so let's talk about renewables, right? So I, I want to get back to the, the three Alaska center endorsed people, two of which got on the board, which is bad for Anchorage. But you know, again, it shows that all politics is local, but, but here's the crazy part. And, and those two guys electric races. I mean, you think we have low turnout in the assembly races. I mean, it's like, I don't know. Yeah, 12%. percent. It was awesome. It was last last time was seven. The time before that was like eight. Hyper low. Yeah, it, you can make a big difference with just you know ten or fifteen thousand dollars, right? But but the Alaska Center treated it like it was a freaking legislative race, and they were out there door knocking and phone banking and things like that. Radio ads. Yeah, I mean it was nuts. And you know the the three pro business, pro consumer, rational, non crazy. People that ran, Bettina Chastain got back on. She was the board chair. She was the chair, yeah. She yeah. won, and then two of the other ones came in uh, fourth and or came in because fifth. There and was sixth. two seats up, but then somebody resigned or something, so there was actually three seats. Yeah, up. so Bettina only has a two-year seat. The there's other, there's seven people on the board, I think. Right. right. So yep, Nordland and uh, Nordland and um, uh, Suzanne Fl- uh, Fleegreen got four-year seats. So <laughs> okay, so we'll talk about those guys. So Shana Kilcoin was the one that didn't get on from the pro Chuyach side, and that's a good thing because that lady is. BSC. We'll just call it what it is, right? I mean, she batch it, batch it crazy. She truly believes that we should stop drilling for oil today. Today. Like it just we we'll figure out I've I've been in some community meetings. And I mean, I've I've literally heard people. I mean, they think you can just turn the gap turn the spigot off. Yeah. No more gas, no more oil. Just transition today. I, mean, yeah. I, I don't know what yes. the breakdown is, but I mean the, the bulk the bulk of it comes from these turbine gas. 85%. Turbines. You know, there's some hydro 90%. a little bit. Yeah. But but the windmills over there, they do, I mean, they're variable power. They have to have redundant backup anyways because the wind's not blowing all the time. If you've looked at your Chugach bill, you'll see something called FIW subsidy, right? Integration subsidy. Mm-hmm. It's 50% uptick on your Fire Island generated 1% or 2% every month. And, and now, which, and which, I mean, of, don't get me wrong. Right. I'm all about, you know, whether it's tidal or wind or so. I'm all about those things as a complement. And and as uh, if they become competitive and if if, if it's... You know, I'm all about doing those things. I'm all about doing those things if you can mine them, process them, and produce and manufacture them domestically. But but here's the bigger point, right? Like, so you hear these eco freaks out there going, "Well, you need to stop the stop the use of fossil fuels today. No more coal, no more natural gas, no more oil, no more nothing." Right? Okay, where's it coming from, Jeff? Where are you getting solar panels? You're getting them from China. Where are you getting wind turbine blades? You're getting them from China. Where are you getting the raw materials to make that crap? You're getting them from China. Where are you, where are you paying the, the uptick in tariffs and everything like that? You're paying them 
to China. Who's using slave labor? China. Who's using warlord uh, partnerships? China. Who could give a rat's butt about environmental safety measures? China doesn't care. They're opening up two coal-fired power plants a week in that country. Well, they're also all over Africa. Right. Doing, no. doing, doing yeah. you know, mine, mining and economic. I mean, they're, they're, you know, and they're actually, I just been following this thing. They're looking at putting a military base in Cuba. Yes. Which remember what happened in the sixties and little Bay of Pigs, Bay of Pigs? Yeah. situation. I just yeah. heard Blinken on meet the press last night and Chuck Todd asked him about it. And I mean, he, he didn't say sure, but he, he wouldn't, you would expect a much harder kind of like, we're not, we're, we're that's not, that's not that happening. Happen. Yeah. But, but Chuck Todd made a good point. I mean, we've kind of cut off Cuba so who knows what's what's going to end up there? But I mean, I that that's wild. I mean, if the if the Chinese all of a sudden are you know ninety miles off the U.S. Well, but the Chinese are opening you know battery factories in Michigan, and they're trying to you know I mean that's one of the things that Glenn Youngkin did was like whoa 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 we don't want a Chinese government controlled partnership. Well, when I was in Australia, I lived in there for a year in 2017. Right, and the, you know Ch- Chinese are huge in you know investment and, and real estate and business, and um, in New South Wales they were kind of at the time looking at buying. Um, one of the major electrical companies. And, and, and I think somebody, some people said, wait a minute, wait a minute, wait a minute. And that got like, they, they put the, the kibosh on that. Sure. Well, I mean, here's the problem. So think about back to the beginning of COVID, right? We talked about pre-COVID and everything. So COVID happens. COVID happens December of, uh, December of what, 19? Yeah, December, December of early 20, uh, yeah, January, so, February. So we, you know, we start hearing about this COVID issue and this, you know, virus and, and it's in China and blah, blah, blah. And then, I, I think it started like in November. Okay. So it was 19. And then I was in Russia and for New Year's in 1920. And, I, you know, it was kind of like there and you're watching and they're locking. You're kind of what's going on. Is this, you know, and then I'm thinking, shit, is this going <laughs> to be a thing? Well, so, I mean, so, but here's what happened, right? So COVID happens and we see exactly how much under the thumb of China we are when it comes to supply chain. Because all of a sudden we have all these virus outbreaks in the U.S., Kirkland, Washington at the old folks home and, you know, LA and places like that. And you're like, Hey, whoa. Um, Hey China, we need some N95 masks. Uh, yeah, we've got those. We got those right now. We can't really get them to you because we need them here. What the, huh? Remember lab leak when you couldn't talk about that, that was racist. That yeah. was, that was not something you could even say. And not, now it seems pretty overwhelming. The evidence is pretty overwhelming that it was, it was Probably a lab. I mean, some so, of the people so, that were sick early on were working there. Yeah. Can it's, we have some respirators? No, we can't. We, we need those here. Can we have some PPE? Uh, China's like, no, we can't have these you know, here. One of, one of my earliest memories of that was thinking like, we're, we're this great superpower with this huge economy. We have this you know massive, you know, most successful country in the history of the world, you know, economically. And then people like were making their own fucking masks. And we couldn't, right. I'm thinking to myself, what is going on? Where, where, where there's not enough, remember the toilet paper? All oh, no, weird, TP, you know, I mean, like. Part, part of that was, like, hoarding. But, I mean, we just, I'm thinking, where, where do we live where we can't have. We're a first world a, country that doesn't produce anything anymore, Jeff. And that's the problem, right? Like, why would you, why would you willingly give your grid to China? You, you saw that in, in Australia, right? Yeah, oh, it was, it was a major u- electric, it. electric utility. And I think they, they, got, they wisened up and they said, wait a minute, what, what a. What if something happens? I mean, if they control our electrical grid. But if they control the parts and pieces that make up the, the grid, you're just as susceptible it's, it's, to a problem. It's very interesting with, with China. We have, you know, these, these, these ships got, almost got into it, and there's some, some you know, air, aircraft, military aircraft have had some incursions. But you're right. I mean, we rely on them, but they rely on us. And it's this weird kind of symbiotic situation, but there's also 
pressure, you know, external pressures, military, economic, um, you know, the region. But they're not $32 trillion in debt either. Well, but they have, I mean, they have other, they have other problems. They have demographic no, problems. They, they I mean, they, they, they have, so they rely on the West and they rely on absolutely. us, but, but then there's. But know, from a, but from a trade imbalance, we are absolutely susceptible to whatever whim they have at that moment. So, so I don't know why we would ever put our grid there. And that's what I'm saying. I, I don't mind renewables at all. Zero, zero problem with renewables. If we can figure out a way to make it here and manufacture it here and support it here in America. And that's the problem well, I that, think, that I face every day listening to these, you know, to these eco groups like you can't mine it here in Alaska. Well, okay, then where the hell are you gonna mine it? Well, Ghana. Okay. Why Ghana? Well, because we can work with our partners there, but we can't mine it here in Alaska. We can't do Ambler, we can't do Pebble, we can't do Palmer, we can't do this, we can't do that. I mean, like, come on, guys, walk the talk. You're either pro China. Or you're pro America. Well, I think people need to you know, green be, be realistic or about pro fossil fuels. People need to be realistic about about the, the sheer numbers of, of what you know what percentage of, of of you know gas is powering these you know and, and utilities. I agree. And and what can happen with renewables over time? Sure, maybe down the road you can grow, but it's 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 like the the percentages are so overwhelming that that I think people just have these bad numbers in their mind or they, or they have these bad ideas where they think you can just, you know, turn the switch and, and you can have a bunch of wind and solar and everything's fine. I mean, well, it's, it's, it's really just nuts. You, you know, you were down in Juneau, you heard about renewable portfolio standards. Um, that's the Loki Tobin and, and Jesse Sumner bill, right? Where we would have 80% of the rail belt run off renewables by 2040. If that bill ever passed now, right now it's about 12%, maybe as high as 15, depending on the utility. Um, occlutin is good. Bradley Lake, good. Um, Fire Island, not good, but certainly renewable. And I, I mean, I, I consider, I think there's been some debate about this, but I mean, hydro is renewable. I don't know. Some, some, some people don't like but hydro. People, but people hate hydro. People hate hydro. I mean, Juno, the whole thing, the whole thing is hydro. AELMP is amazing. It's an That's amazing. All it is. Yeah. It's a closed off grid. It's all hydro. And, and Kodiak has great wind, you know, sources, right? But, but in South Central, you have abundant natural gas, relatively cheap. You have 200 trillion cubic feet of natural gas stranded up on the slope. If you're going to spend 40, you know, $40 billion to build a pipeline or $40 billion on renewables, you have 250 years of gas up on the slope. Get it down here. Let's export some of it and use some of it, right? But renewable portfolio standards, and I'm, and I'm jumping around a little bit, but you know, the, the three people that got elected or two of them that got elected to Chugach and Shana that tried to get are all like, you know, we need to we need a re renewable portfolio standard. The REAP guys, Chris Rose and those guys, renewable portfolio standards where it's at. Renewable portfolio standards, 80% by 2040 is ludicrous. It's absolutely, again, BSC. You can't get there without either learning Mandarin as a first language or mining it and processing it and producing it here. Well, then I think, I mean, I, I read that. You what, can't get what, there. what in California, they, they want to do all, like some... Huge percentage of electric cars by 2050 or 100. percent I mean, it's, it's no a, more, no more, no more combustion <laughs> engines by 2035. How's that going to work? They they have rolling blackouts now. How are you going to power your car? Oh, and by the way, people in California live in apartment buildings and in dense housing. Are you going to have a vehicle charger bank at every? Well, and the, the, the on, other on thing too street? is, I mean, if somebody wants to buy an electric car, it's fine. I mean, sure. there's a market, but. You know, to, to get the, like, somebody has to, you have to create the power yes. to charge the fucking cars. That just doesn't, that just doesn't come out of the ground. And know? in Alaska, that's that, going to that, come that create, off natural that, gas. That requires energy. It's going to come off natural gas, or it's going to come off coal if you're in the interior, right? Because Healy 
and Usabelli is is the power source for the majority of the interior. And, and it should be. They've been there for 78, 79 years, and they have 100 years of reserves. And it's clean coal relative to what, you know, is being burned across the, across the world. So, you know, again, 80% by 2040 is an absolute pipe dream. I mean, like, good pipe dream. It's not ever going to happen. You can't get there. But that's not going to keep the guys from trying and pushing stupid policies that would make, make uh, energy more expensive and less reliable. Well, I mean, hopefully, here, you know, going, going back to our, the, the oil, with, with uh, Willow and then this, this oil Pica. search, Santos does this pick a deal. Um, you know, there, there could be quite a bit more oil in the pipe. We're, we're I don't know, half a million barrels a day approximately. I think with these two, yeah. it could go up a couple hundred thousand barrels a yep. day, which isn't just good for the, the pipeline, but, but you know, revenues... And because I mean, the thing was only supposed to go, I think, what, 30, 40 years? Yeah, Prudhoe was originally a 30 to 35 year you know, we're at and, 50. And, and, and Hillcorp, let's give Hillcorp credit. Since they came in, they are actually increasing pr- uh, production relative to what they were, what it was doing when BP was there at Milne Point and at Prudhoe proper. So, you know, what Jeff Hillenbrand and Hillcorp does very, very, very well is take legacy fields that are in marginal decline. And they prop them back up and they use technology and they use recovery methods that are excellent for the longevity and for the output and production. So, I mean, again, there's a whole ton of oil up on the North Slope. Billions of barrels of oil left. There's trillions of cubic feet of natural gas. There's no reason from an economic perspective for the state of Alaska to push us away from that into a less, less higher cost, less reliable fuel source, export value. Well, we see too, obviously with the, the SP you know, 26 back in 2018 on the POMV, the, the percentage of sure. the market value for the you know 5% or whatever goes to the you know government. And that, that, some of that goes for dividends, but that's up for debate every year. But, but every even, year. Even, even with the POMV, which which has taken us off relying so heavily on oil, we still rely, I mean, with if, if the price of oil goes down, we still see how much that affects our budget. Well, and energy so, and energy undergirds everything, right? I mean, the cost of energy undergirds everything from what you literally pay at the pump or for to heat your house, what you pay for um, shipping costs to Alaska, what you pay, you know, at the restaurant. I mean, if inflation is high and energy costs are high, every man, woman, child notices it, right? Energy undergirds. I was watching. The, I was watching the news a few weeks ago, and they were talking about the CPI, of course, you know. Of course, CPI and, you know, they, they leave out certain in the basket, like food and different, sometimes energy. And um, they were talking about, oh, it's steady at four or five percent. I'm thinking, what the fuck? No, no way. <laughs> no. Like, we, they, they we know, people know. I mean, you can fool some people sometimes. You can't fool everybody all the time. Well, they conveniently and, throw that out because there's a, you know, I mean, let's be honest. The mainstream media has a narrative. We just saw the AP come out and finally admit that they've been given $8 million over the last couple of years by climate groups to push a climate change narrative. Of course you're going to write the stupid story if you've gotten paid $8 million. Hey, here's an $8 million grant. Now we want you to write about this. There is, there's, there's little to, there's little, there's certainly less marginal journalistic integrity than there was well, somebody 30 would give, years ago. somebody will give me $8 million. Well, we, we, you know, Power of the Future said, hey, if we can get, um, you know, pro, pro-energy, pro pro-traditional energy stories, we'll come up with $8 million and $1. I mean, let's change the narrative. We didn't hear anything back from the AP. Did you, did you see the um, article while it was like a few weeks ago and it was kind of about this pro publica deal and how there was like a fundraiser and, and the, 
they kind of proved that a, a whole bunch of money came from these kind of progressive yeah. folks. And some of it was disclosed, but a lot of it wasn't disclosed. Well, because they don't have to disclose, right? Because nobody's doing the, the work that you guys do at the landmine and, and elsewhere where they dig into funding sources and they actually do the investigative piece. Actually, as you walked in, I was looking at, right. I'm not going to say who yet, uh, but, but yeah. there's somebody who's been giving a lot of money to candidates and who's been meeting with folks and, I wasn't. I wasn't going to spoil the. I wasn't going to spoil the next landmine. Kind, uh, kind, explosive kind, story. kind of a below the radar person, and I'm I'm looking into this, and you know, people, there, there, there's so much just media, especially in Alaska where it's small. There's just so many things that happen that all you have to do is look a little bit, and then start to you know investigate and and get to the bottom of it. But so much we see is just such a surface level. Here's you know some press release it's came out iceberg, and no, nobody goes below it and, and right. figures out what's really going it's on. It's the iceberg. It's 10%, 90%. And I just did a story, maybe you saw it on Bering Straits, and what yep. happened with their chair and their um, you know, president CEO. And, and the press releases were just like so happy and so nice and total bullshit. <laughs> they, they were total bullshit. And it just takes a little, well, obviously some sources and you get some, you start looking and you rely on some folks to talk. But there's so many, I mean, whether it's business or politics, there's so many things that happen, whether it's in the state or the country or the world that, you know, nobody, there's not enough scrutiny on a lot of this stuff. Well, and that's the problem, right? They, the people who are pushing this agenda, this, and I'm just going to call it pro-communist agenda, and you can kill me for that, but it's, it's the, the, the goal of the, it, the, the collective is more important than the individual. The control of the, of the collective is way more important than the opportunities for the individual. Um, that narrative. Each according to his need. Yeah, I mean, like, <laughs> <laughs> If you look at what the, the ability. what the eco left has done, well, yeah, I mean, so let's go through that, right? According to their ability, you're seeing California talk about we're going to rate our utility rates on how much money you make. So the poor is going to pay less than the wealthy. Okay, on something as important as electricity, as important as power, where did that come into play? Well, it came into play and the collective is more important than the individual, right? It came into play, I mean... We're going to deny gas stoves from being used because it causes asthma in kids and it's bad for the climate. No, it's a control mechanism. You want everybody to have to bow the knee to the gut, to the, to the, the all awesome power of government. Uh, New York city came out this morning and said, we're going to start uh, mandating that, you know, people who are cooking with coal or um, other, you know, heat sources for pizza have to, Get rid of those or put in these filtration systems because it's bad for the climate. Well, I think we like, see, are you kidding me? I think we see some of the results. I mean, I, you know, I like California. It's nice to visit there, and it's obviously very pretty. But you, you look at, you know, places like California New York, people have been leaving those places. We saw in the census they lost sure. some congressional representation. Florida and Texas gained what is... Mamma mia. No more wood or coal-fired pizza ovens in New York City if the city yeah, council wow. has its way. Like, I haven't, didn't hear about that. I've, I've, heard about, I've heard about the gas stove thing. Yeah, must cut carbon I mean, emissions Bill, Bill by seventy five percent. Bill Maher was talking about that a while ago. He, th- he thought when he first heard that, he was like, "Yeah, it's a fucking joke." You know, that's crazy. Boom, boom, it actually happened. It actually happened, right? I mean, and, and we came out with a we came out with a uh, a piece on powerthefuture.com that nice plug. That, like, I like, yeah, I mean, well, I like that. But but I mean, we were one of the first groups to come out and say, "This is what we said would happen if Biden got elected." We actually called this. Back in twenty nineteen. Yeah, but, they, but these sorry, aren't, aren't they, back, they, back, back. I'm sorry. Yeah, aren't these states doing this? Are states doing this though? These are states doing this under the under the auspices of the EPA saying, 
we're no longer going to allow this. You know, if, if it's up to us, we need to cut we need to cut emissions to save the planet by seventy five percent. Well, the states that are left leaning, and you know, Gov- Gavin Newsom, who wants to be president someday, Kathy Hochul in New Did York. Did you watch his Hannity interview? Oh my god, it was pretty good. Yeah, it was entertaining. He's he's really good at the message that he wants to portray, and there's enough people in the on the coast of California that eat that crap up to where you know he gets reelected barely. Um, he but, was, even survived the recall. Well, and, and again, part of that was, you know, who was the option? Larry Elder was the option. Well, there and, was a bunch of options, I think. But okay, I think he but was one of the really main ones. One. Yeah. I mean, and, and again. That's how Schwarzenegger won. Right. Yeah, back with. Um, That's how Schwarzenegger Red, Red, won. Red, was it Red, Red Day or Gray Davis? Greg, yeah. If the option is. I say, oh, my, my dad used to always call him that's why. Red Davis. <laughs> Gray Davis. Gray Davis. <laughs> I mean, and, you know, and then you look at people like, um, you, you know, you look at when Jesse Ventura won up in Minnesota, right? What were the options? Well, because the way it works in California, if there's a recall, at the same ballot, you you vote, okay, recall, yes. Then you vote for the, the candidate. The successor. Right. And, and Schwarzenegger, I saw Schwarzenegger got in there. I mean, right. It's kind of crazy. Yeah, I mean, I just think like, and again, we're way off energy topic, but here's the beauty. People who desire change will take the, the least crazy path on the change Time, well, it's know, also the, the devil you know. you know. Right, absolutely. Arnold Schwarzenegger, you know, okay, he's a little interesting, but he's less crazy than Davis. Um, Elder was a little more crazy than Gavin Newsom, just for, for the majority of, of Californians, mm-hmm. right? I mean... Well, California is so interesting, too, because, you know, obviously, except Orange County, I mean, this, this Southern California, very, very liberal, progressive... But you get to, like, Northern California, it starts to give... And don't forget, Reagan was from California. Right. You know, Reagan was governor of California. Um, the, the, you get to the northern part, it, it, parts of that get pretty conservative. Well, actually, everybody off the coast gets pretty conservative, right? I mean, like, you know, that's why they talk about New California and the coast of California and breaking off and forming this Well, they've had that state. kind of I mean, that with the Jefferson, where it's, like, part yeah. of, like, Oregon and yeah. Idaho, you know, these kind of this conservative because area. Because they've... if you go off the coast in any one of those three coastal communities, right, I mean... You look at Everett, Seattle, Tacoma, Olympia. That's the crazy part of that's the crazy left part of Washington. The rest of the state's pretty pretty red. Um, Portland, you know, Eugene, Salem, mm-hmm. pretty pretty blue. The rest of the state pretty red. Uh, Sacramento, certainly the Bay, L.A., San Diego, pretty stinking blue. The rest of the state pretty red. So it's just that the population centers are in those you know major communities, right? I mean, look so, at look at Anchorage. <laughs> right, Com, you know, com, An- com, compared to the Valley or you know the People's you know. Republic of Juno and parts of Fairbanks, <laughs> and, and then the rest of the state. I mean, outside of the outside of the rural communities that believe that you have to be a Democrat because your mom or your grandma and your great grandma and your great 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 grandma was a Democrat. I mean, you a lot of the bigger cities are purple or blue, and everybody else tends to be you know red. I, I'll, I'll always go back oh, to the fact same that... Same with, I mean, Texas is very conservative, but, you know, Austin, Dallas... You know, a little the, bit Houston, the, the, right? These, these get a little yeah. more... But then you get, you know, Texas so big, you get these rural areas. That, I mean, it's... Oh, it's bright, 75, bright, 75... Bright, yeah. bright red. Yeah, 75, 80% Republican, right? I mean, like, the, the Republicans outnumber the Democrats 5, 6, 7 to 1. So, you know, you see that, and then you get people like um, Henry Cisneros and uh, congressman out of, out of Houston, who is a pro-life Democrat... He's a Democrat because, you know, he's his family has always been a Democrat. But the guy votes Republican 50% of the time. Well, Chris Tuck, you know, he's 
former Chris, representative. He's a pro-life guy and Democrat, and who he gets, he gets, he gets slapped he around gets by his by his from the Democrats on that by his caucus. Uh, Democrat, typically, I mean, generally the Republicans love going after each other. Democrats are a little better at keeping that shit, you know, in house. Yep. But, but but if it's like some certain certain times, they they it, it gets out. And, and, and the abortion thing is one of, one, of the, one of those times. Well, absolutely. I mean, and, you know, Chris has done a very good job of, of being who he is. He's also, he's also pro-nuclear, which I love. I love nuclear. Nuclear is... Because nuclear takes two things that I love also. It takes steel, which you make from coal, and it takes concrete, which you make from coal. So you can't build either one of those. And again, I'd, I'd much rather see nuclear... I'd, I'd much rather see nuclear if we were gonna if we were gonna build steel again. In, in, uh, in, I mean, in n- n- nuclear. It's it's just. I love nuclear. It, it, it's, but that, that's real clean. <laughs> heck yeah, I mean, you could do you could do micros in in and out of in in rural areas in Alaska. You do a micro. Well, they've had for years now in the legislature. They've had these presentations from these yep. micro nuclear reactor Westing guys, and, and they, they they aren't quite ready, but they're. I think it sounds like they're pretty, you know. They're getting there. They're years, they're, I don't know, so many years out. If it's a connex. It's a connex, and it, you yeah. put it in a you know, small rural area, and I mean, you can power, a, a, you know. A region. For, for 50 years, um, and, and the costs go way down because you're not having to, you know, bring in diesel. Right. So. No, no complaints here as long as, again, as long as you're building it in America. We need, we need to get a big fucking nuclear plant out there, like in Sioux City, and it's like a huge, like, bam, that's it. You know, we, we get all of our energy taken care of. Call it? Nah, I was gonna be a smart. What are you gonna call it? No, 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 no we're good. Uh, call it the Alaska Center Nuclear Power Plant. <laughs> Alaska Center for Nuclear. Alaska Center for Nuclear Power. <laughs> Love you guys there at Alaska Center for the environment. And they, they keep they keep you employed, right? Yeah, I mean, you know, ultimately, what it comes down to is, um, as long as there are people out there that think that we should turn off the spigot on oil and gas, I'm gonna have a job. So, um, well, I, th- I think that's not going away. So. No, as a matter of fact, you know, Joe Biden even said we need it for 10 more years, which I thought was the greatest line of his multitude of stupid lines in his um, last State of the Union. How about this Hunter Biden shit, huh? He's going, he gets in all this trouble, makes it kind of go, you know, makes a plea, but then, he, then he's still going to the state dinner with his dad. And Yeah, what was up with that? And the, the press was even asking Kirby and, um, you know, Green Jump here about it, and it was like they wouldn't even answer the question. They, yeah. they wouldn't even talk about it. It's crazy. Could you imagine if Trump's kid... <laughs> Don Jr. or uh, Eric yeah. or somebody was doing, oh, my God. Well, first of all, had that actually happened during the Trump presidency, um, you would have seen, first of all, you'd have seen the press eat him alive. And second of all, you'd have seen, uh, you would have seen January 6th insurrections outside of the I mean, how about the text, they, the, the WhatsApp message they found from Hunter Biden to the, the, the Chinese, the director of the company where it's like, I'm with my dad. Right. We need the money. Yeah. You know, we have like, Can you we if we don't get the money today, we're going to have a problem. I'm gonna, my dad's going to, we're going to crack that. Like what? He could have been making that. He could have been lying, but, but then, but then Biden says he's never had anything to do with his, you know, kids business dealings. And, and then they ask, okay. they ask about it. And it's like, we can't, the media, the, the press people say we can't. Can't talk about talk. It. I mean, this guy, I tell you what, this guy can party. This guy can party. Does he, does he actually put you to shame at that point in time? Do you think? Oh yeah. I mean, <laughs> Look, I mean, strippers and coke and, and kids with strip. No, that's not that's not my thing. <laughs> You're not there. Yeah. I mean, this, the saddest part about the whole thing is he had a kid with a stripper, and and can't have the Biden name. Bi- Joe Biden doesn't recognize the kid as a grandkid. You know, I mean, this is a sad. This is, kid didn't do no, anything. No, this kid didn't do anything. You know? He just happened to be born. I mean, think about that kid when the, when they're older and they have to think about my grandfather, the president, didn't, didn't even. I mean, that's the kid's going to be fucked up. It's not a sad. It's not a. It's not a story that. Any kid should have to go through. And they right? just I mean, lowered the 20, it was 20,000 a month 
child support and it got lowered to five thousand. I guess he's I guess he's having some. I guess the barista and the Chinese aren't aren't delivering as much cash anymore. They're not they're not uh, buying his beautiful. The, 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 the best thing I ever heard him say though was was some interview and they said, you know, would you be on this barista board if your name wasn't Biden? I mean, I gotta I gotta give him credit. He said, I don't think I'd be doing a lot of things in my life if my name wasn't Biden. <laughs> I mean, at least he acknowledges it. Again, I think that you know that story is um, it's a sad story for people who are caught in the crossfire. Um, it's also a sad story of how how a last name gives you carte blanche to be reckless and stupid and above the law, or at least think that you are. And then it's, it's sweetheart deals on the back. I saw this, uh, I forget who it was. It was some pretty progressive person on Twitter and probably a Biden supporter voter, I would assume, but they were talking about all the people, you know, who have been, did the same thing Hunter Biden did with the guns and the drugs and, you know, the, the, they're, they're in jail, right? These poor people, Oftentimes, people of color, you know, people in, in, in underserved commu- you know communities, they get in the same problem. They're in jail for years. For years, Hunter Biden. There's a rapper guy that uh, they were talking about. He got like four, same exact thing. Four years, forty eight months. Yeah, sweetheart deals, man. It's just in, it's just insane. If if your dad's the president of the United States and you're propped up by ideologues and the ideologues will go to bat for you, then I guess there's nothing you can't do unless your last name is Trump. I mean, again, I mean, just, just, if just, you would have seen Ivanka just, just or Eric or Don, Don Jr. was doing coke and <laughs> buying guns and you know strippers and video, and there was a the you know, press, proof. The press would have lost their ever loving mind. Yeah, no, we're we're we're, we're living in strange times. I just saw last night meet the press. They were talking about Trump's numbers have gone up. They're up. Yeah. Well, look, they, well, they should, look, again, look, look, the, the crazy, you know, I mean, like, and again, I'm, I'm not calling Donald, Donald Trump crazy and I'm not calling Joe Biden crazy, but I'm saying people are not better off for the most part today than they were January 21st, 2020. Okay. They just aren't. So do you go back to the guy that's put you in that situation for the next four years, starting in 2025, or do you go back to the guy that promises that it'll, things will change and it'll be different this time? Right. I don't know whether Trump wins 2021, the, I think. January 20th, 2021. Yeah. yeah. So, again, okay. But, again, are you better off today than you were no, I, I, in January yeah, 2021? I mean, Do you want to give that same guy another four years starting in 2025? I mean, I'd, I'd, I'd say some of the hyper-wealthy people are probably in the, the markets are, aren't doing that bad. and But the average person, yes, is, is, is struggling. And, and, you know, and you, and you can blame that on COVID. I mean, there's there's lots of excuses, right? COVID. and But a lot of those are self-inflicted from the Biden administration. Inflation is because of Biden. He, he took over covid in the middle of COVID. Well, I mean, I think it, I, would, I, 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 would, I would challenge you, but I think it started under, I mean, under the Congress and Trump. When, I mean, I remember it was 2020 and there was a, I vividly remember this. It was the first care. It was the cares act. And that was in March or April of 20. And, and I, there was a press call with Sullivan and Murkowski and, you know, we were on the phone and it was right. The COVID had started to kind of really go and the cares act passed. And my question to them was, are you worried about inflation? And, and I think people kind of just like, this is 20 people kind of almost laughed at me. Like, yeah. why is he asking about, cause I'm thinking, how do you produce trillions of dollars? I mean, right. so, something like all the money that's ever been produced in dollars. So like 70% of it has been produced and like created in like the last like three years. Well, yeah. So I, I was, you know, at the time aware of this could cause obviously inflation and it did, but it, it, it got worsened, you know, more money. And then there was a supply issue where prices were going up. Even I mean, there was so many factors. It was like the, the perfect storm of, of, of creating inflation. But, but let's think about this also, right? So 
you just passed the <clears throat> Inflation Reduction Act, probably the most misnomered bill in, in Oh, history. yeah, what a stupid fucking name. Like, like the Inflation Reduction Act, which actually created more inflation, is now giving out hundreds of millions, of $370, $390 million to green energy projects that are boondoggles, man. They're not, they're not being used. So, and, and the IRA, like, I'm going to give Joe Manchin a little shout out here for a second. Joe, if you're listening... Thank you for standing up. He's probably not listening. Yeah, probably not. He's been on the he's been on the podcast though. Yeah, and he's been on and he's been on my radio program too, which was cool. I mean, it was very very cool to have the senator, but like he stupidly went along with the with the IRA, with the Inflation Reduction Act at the end. And but he's been right on all the fears that he had about, well, if I vote for this, you guys are going to screw up and it's going to go with this and that's, you know, you're going to waste money. The 396 million dollar or billion 396 billion dollars is now 1.3 trillion in basically unchecked subsidies we're seeing a tripling of costs that were supposed to be there in the Inflation Reduction Act. It didn't reduce, but did. I have a friend who's an architect, and there was talking about there was a project. And they do some, some public sector government stuff. They do private sector stuff, too. And he was saying there was a project they were going to do before COVID, and it was got kind of put on the back burner because of all the COVID stuff, and it was $600 a square foot. <laughs> what is it now? 1200 Yeah, I was going to say double. So, so he, he says, you know, if you're in the public sector or if you're some company that happened to get all this COVID money, you're fine. But if you're not, you're, you're kind of fucked because the costs have gone up. So, I mean, I have a friend who was trying to buy out, build a house and, and he had a quote and it was, I think 600,000, you know, whatever with COVID and then delayed it. And then now the same house is over a million dollars. Yeah. Well, I mean, same house, same materials, that same thing. We had a fire at our cabin down on, on the Kenai and I looked to rebuild basically the same shed. It's three times what I thought it would be. I'm on my condo board. I've been on the condo board for 10 years. You know, we have, we had to raise dues, dues were 250. We had to raise them to 300 this year. We've had you know, insurance, water, all these things go up, you know, all these maintenance costs. Sure. So we just got our insurance renewal this year. This is after we, re, re, you know, raised the dues. The total insured value 10 years ago was 43 million. It's gone up a little bit, right? Sure. The last year, from last year to this year, it went from 50 million total insured value to all the buildings to 58 million. We, we went from 72,000 a year to nine, to, the premium went up. Usually it goes up five, six, seven thousand. Holy cow! It went up over twenty grand for our, you know, our budget's four hundred thousand. I mean, so we're gonna have to probably raise dues again by twenty five bucks because everything's going up. Everything. I mean, again, I, I'm just looking at like you know house, um, you know, you know, if you wanted to, if you want to redo your house, if you wanted to, you know, redo your kitchen, everything's higher. Why? But again, energy undergirds everything. Shipping costs are up. Uh, pro, you know, material costs are up. Um, actual Gas and oil, you know, price. Oh, and p- p- part of the reason for the replacement, uh, the insured value increase, and we, we talked to him, we tried to get competing quotes. It was, I mean, I've talked to other people. This is not like, sure. you know, limited to us. This is all over the, all over the map. Um, they talk about part of the reason is replacement costs have gone up so much that if something happened, fire, whatever, you know, if it, co- if it costs, you know, 20 grand, now it's, you know, it's going to cost 30 grand. Right. Well, I mean, and I, again, I can tell you, having had a small fire on my property in the Kenai, um, to rebuild that would be three times what I had gotten a quote to do a second shed five years ago. Three times. Yeah, no, it's, it's, I mean, it's, it's really, so and, energy, and obviously interest rates, are, you know, they have to keep, they have, I mean, they, they didn't do it this last time, the, 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 bench, the benchmark rate, but they're probably going to go up again. They have to. Energy undergirds everything. I'm just going to keep repeating that, right? Because it truly is. Energy undergirds everything that we do in America. And so if you don't have reliable, abundant energy, and you're going to less reliable higher cost energy, all you're doing is passing additional costs on to 
consumers. Last thing I'm going to ask you, I was going to ask before when we brought up Trump, what do you think about DeSantis? Um, I think that DeSantis a year ago had a shot. Man, that is, I was, fuck, that's like exactly what I was going to say almost. I think a year ago he I, had I, a shot. I think even six months. Yeah. So, so when I went to Florida, my, my cousin, my aunt um, and cousins live in Florida and Fort Lauderdale. Um, they've been there for a long time. My uncle died years ago, but I went and visited in 20, November 2021. And, and it was still COVID was, you know, a lockdown and stuff. And I, I went there. I was like, oh, my God. It's like going back in time, it's, it's right? Like, it's it was, like it was, a free state. It was amazing. <laughs> it's a free state. And, and then I went back again. Um, recently, my aunt had her kind of surprise 75th birthday. And and it was, I was talking to all the Uber drivers and cab drivers. And there's guys from Cuba. By the way, Cubans fucking love Trump. Yes. My God. I mean, I was in Vegas just recently. And, and I was talking to some Cuban guys, you know, Uber drivers. No, but, they but, but love Cu- Cubans, Trump. Haitians, every, I mean, American I mean, people, all, all these people that I, um, Central people, America, people who have had to, people who have had to struggle they, to get they, here. They, they all love DeSantis when I was over there. Yep. So I think he had this window and something, I don't know, happened. And this, I think this Disney thing is kind of stupid. And I think that's causing some, some problems, but it just seems like there was this time where it was, it was there, but it's just, I don't know. I think he's kind of f- fading away or what, losing, losing, losing the, the mojo. I think one of the things that happens to um, a lot of the people on the right, DeSantis, Christy Nome, and others is they get popular by being bold and then it's harder to stay bold. And so they allow themselves to kind of rotate back to the center. Well, and, and I think, and obviously Obama did the opposite because he, he realized if he would have stayed around, the longer you stick around, the more record, you know, he yeah. won for it and worked for him. But, but DeSantis is like 45, 46. He's in a second term. He could have stayed out of all this. Sure. You know, even if Trump were to win, whatever, he's down to one term. If Biden, Whoever wins, if it's Trump or Biden, you know, they, have, they 20, have one term 2028, left. 2028 yeah. is a wide open, you know, field no matter what. Unless some other, you know, person happens to get in there, but it's pretty unlikely. Yeah, I, I mean. I, I, I just think he's he's I thought, damaged himself. I thought DeSantis was going to give Trump a run for his money. Um, there's a part of me that would have loved to have seen that just because I think it would have tempered um and and really made trump you know think and and i think that he again is very capable of being a great leader i mean he, he went from 2018 to barely winning to getting 60 percent this last time you know miami day i mean just yeah. even my cousin who's a, who's a teacher her husband their family is very kind of progressive liberals obviously don't like DeSantis, but even they told me like he i was talking to his, her, her husband oh you know Teachers all got a raise, so he's not that bad. I mean, even progressive people. I mean, sixty percent for Republican in Florida is nuts. Oh no, those numbers those numbers made everybody in the political spectrum, whether you're far left or far right, go whoa, what? Miami Dade, like yeah, exactly. No, no, no. I mean, even, I have friends that, that are left of left in Florida, and they were like, it "Could be worse, could be worse," and I'm like, "Could be worse, really? You're saying that?" And he's like, "Well, I, I think keeping things open was popular for almost everybody." Sure. Um, and then I, I, you know, um, the, the teacher, which would actually only be proposed as it hasn't gone anywhere. Yet. I mean, I, I'm all about like my view on the education and we're getting off topic here, but I, I think we should pay teachers more, give teachers more money, raise the teacher and you'll, you'll get, you'll get more teachers, you'll, you'll get better teachers. You'll get more people wanting to be teachers, but so much of this money goes not to teachers, to, to, to the administration, hundred yep, administrative costs. Hundred percent. So what Santa said was he gave teachers a big. I think my right. I think teachers got 10, 10 grand or something. It was a significant bonus. I think that 
putting money into the classroom and not into the administration, not into the facilities, not into the, I mean, you, you have to carry your facilities, right? And, but if you could directly, well, well, it's, it's, directly incent the kid, the kids, teachers, right? I mean, like my son is eight. He'll be going into third grade next year. His teachers so far in his school career have been amazing. They deserve every penny that they make, but there are other teachers, no matter how much you wish they weren't there that just don't have necessarily the fire passion, whatever. I think if you could incent teachers to, first of all, pay them what the market says they're worth, which is more than what they're making now. Because you're right, base student increase, whatever. Goes, I, I just had a way, neighbor who was teaching more for ten, administration. ten years in the ASD, and you know, got first, COVID obviously was a big you know stressor for all the teachers, but but just got, got overall got stressed out, burned out, left, and I was working at the I think at like Alaska Waste, making more money. Wow. Yeah, and that's sad because if he if he or she is a really good teacher, he, yeah, yeah, yeah ten, then, ten years. Then they should then they should be in a classroom. You talk about building costs. I mean, this is this sounds nuts, but there's all there's more square footage now, but we have less kids than we did in the seventies in the ASD. Yeah, well, I mean, they just closed Abbott Loop Elementary, right? Which is where Colby, my son, went to school. So he'll go to soon next year. Um, I fought for that not to be the only school in the district, but I do think that you're going to see. Multiple schools next well, year. Well, they ne- they proposed those six, and right. people and, went and it was just ape one. shit. Well, but you know, and 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 it was only us at the end at Abeloop that was actually closed, and then they gave it to Alaska Native Charter School, which needs a building, absolutely. But why didn't you not, you know, why did you single out Abeloop? Still, still a sticking point in my craw. Um, but next year, I think you're going to see eight to ten schools closed. Well, the they're district. still they're still operating on a deficit. The ASD. ninety million dollars no. next year, dude. I know it's 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 wild. Ninety well, mil. It's been an hour, buddy. Thanks for, I have to have you on again. Got, got, got a lot of things covered, a lot of topics. It's been fun. Appreciate I, the opportunity. I, I like the Alaska Center for Nuclear Power. <laughs> yeah, or the Alaska Center, for, or the, the Center for Nuclear Power brought to you by the Alaska Center for the Environment <laughs> and every other liberal left cause. Not sure if they're going to be on board with that. Well, thanks a lot, Rick, Rick, Rick Whitbeck from Power of the Future. You got the website, right? You got Powerthefuture.com. Hit me up, Rick at powerthefuture.com. Follow me on Twitter at uh, PTF Alaska. Active on Twitter. I, I got I to tell you that. I like that. Thank you very much. Appreciate it. Okay, that. folks, if you have an idea for a podcast or want to do a podcast, get a hold of me and stay tuned for the next one. Landline Radio.